Good morning. Uh, it's great to be here this morning with you all and to share the word of God, of encouragement with you. Um, it's been, I guess, about close to two months since I've started my ministry here at North Shore Community Church. And it was full of anticipation, uh, anticipation as well as uh, a lot of uh, things that I was thinking, as well as what I could do, uh, I guess, to help uh, this church, as well as especially in the ministry of uh, youth ministry, as well as um, children's church. Um, <clears throat> when John asked me to uh, preach the Word of God and share this Word of God with you today, at first, I was a little scared. Not that it's my first time preaching, but I was afraid because I didn't know what to share with you. Uh, but um, thankfully, uh, Pastor John has told me that uh, he's preaching through uh, Sermon on the Mount, and he would like for me to share from that word as a continuation. Uh, as to start, uh, I wanted to somewhat introduce myself to you, uh, because I don't think that you all know me to a degree that uh, that, hey, this is our new, uh, one of the pastors that we hired, but I want to go a little bit more further. Um, so I want to introduce myself a little bit to you, and then we'll go into the Word of God. Uh, as you can see, I look like an Asian guy. Uh, I am Asian. Some people uh, think that I look like a Filipino, but I'm not a Filipino, but I'm a Korean-American. And uh, I was born and raised in South Korea, and my, my parents immigrated to the States when I was nine years old. So I don't know how old you think I look, <laughs> but uh, I know that there's a lot of people that who might be more older than I am, uh, but I am, I guess, tend to be a little bit older side uh, compared to the youth group students as well as the children's church members. And a lot of times um, when I went to my first ministry after I graduated from seminary about seven and a half years ago, uh, the church that I served for seven years, uh, the first day that I went to hang out with the kids as a youth pastor, I was in my shorts and my sandals and I was somewhat playing basketball with the youth group members. And one of the uh, deacon of the church came up and he was saying, saying, she was saying, Deacon has said, you know what, there's a strange little boy here, right? And then uh, one of the things that she said was, she asked one of the youth members, who is this kid? He looks, he looks like a newcomer to our church. And then that little kid, I mean, one of the students that she was talking to said that this is our new youth pastor. And then she was like, oh, no, I made a, I made a terrible mistake. Uh, Yes, I might look young, but I'll be turning uh, 36 this year. Uh, do I look younger than that? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyways, uh, I am 35, going to be 36 soon, uh, I guess this coming Saturday. Um, but anyways, it's great to be here, and my life was full of troubles as well as full of happiness when I was growing up. Uh, I grew up in Christian family uh, in South Korea when I was born. Um, I was born into a third-generation believing uh, family in Korea. Uh, believe it or not, that's where to find. But uh, I went through a lot of troubles and a lot of hardships. Uh, when, my, when I turned uh, to junior year in high school, I dedicated my life to the Lord and 
uh, decided to go into full-time ministry. And here I am in front of you, um, sharing the Word of God, teaching the Word of God to our next generation of youth here at North Shore Community Church. So I thank you so much for bringing me into this church as a staff to uh, challenge the youth as well as to be part of the life of our children at this church. Uh, if, you look, if you were to turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6, uh, it's going to be just one verse that I'm going to read with you. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. If you have your Bible, or I think there's not a... It's okay. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 10. If you have your bulletin, you could turn to the passage in the back. Matthew ch- uh, chapter 6, verse 10. And we'll read together. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's read that one more time. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer as we uh, come to the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood to save us from our sins, from our wickedness, and from the patterns of life that we live constantly that looks for your grace. Lord, as we come here together in your house, we want to worship you. We want to bring glory to your name. Lord, I pray that as I deliver your message, that this message will not come from me or from my mouth. But Lord, Father God, that you will use me as your tool and as your instruments to deliver your word that you want our congregation to hear. Lord, we thank you so much for this time, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, is a continuation from what we've been studying uh, from last week. Pastor John shared the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, and today I'm going to be sharing with you uh, the second petition uh, known as your kingdom come and your will be done. I want you to think about these, these two statements for a moment that an unknown, uh, unknown writer has written. And it's in your uh, bulletin as a, a thinking, um, I guess, paragraph. It says this, I cannot say your kingdom come if I am not doing all in my power to hasten that wonderful event. I cannot say your will be done if I am disobedient to his word. Let me repeat that one more time. I cannot say your kingdom come if I am not doing all in my power to hasten that wonderful event. And also, I cannot say your will be done if I am disobedient to his word. The two petitions that we read or that comes to us this morning reminds us today that in our own lives, We need to seek after and live a life that leads and seek for the kingdom of God to come and wanting us to be obedient to the word of God that is given to us consistently. Today's message is a continuation from last week's teaching on the Lord's Prayer. I want to focus on these two petitions from verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done. As I prepare today's message, one of the things that I was challenged by Pastor John was, hey, Tay, this is your first time preaching to our congregation members. 
why don't you share your vision for the upcoming year, your vision for youth group as well as for Christian education. And I was like saying, wow, you know, I never thought about it from that point as I was thinking about this passage. But you know what? It kind of goes hand in hand with how we could envision of our education is going to go in our church. Why? Because we're thinking about the kingdom of God and we're also thinking about the will of God being done in here in earth also in heaven. Think about this for a moment with me. You know, one of the things that I was so happy when I first came to this church was the number of younger people in this church. I was so happy that we have so many infants in our church. I I also have an infant, a little boy. He's going to be turning nine months old. And there's a lot of children's church members in in our church. And when I first came and when I was given the roster of the youth group, my high, I saw literally about 40 students in youth group. And I was saying, wow, this is wonderful. There's a lot of churches today that is dying. And yet, God has blessed North Shore Community Church. And as I, and as I was thinking about that, and as I was envisioning of how God's kingdom will come in our church, especially with the youth group, especially with our children's church, how the will of God will display, I got excited. And I hope that you will be excited as I am, not only with the parents, but also elderly as well, as well as younger people, that we need to be excited about what God is going to do to our church for the next year and following. Are you excited? I am excited. I am excited. And I want you guys to see that the, uh, I want you guys to see and and, and think with me today. And there was one question that I want to ask to you. How do you pray? How do you pray? Or how should you pray when you pray? Have you thought about that? You know, when I was growing up, my prayer life was basically a lot of different grocery lists. I would put list of things that I want in my life, right? Are you convicted today, this morning, <laughs> of the ways that you pray? That you put up a list of things that you want, you desperately want. God, I want you to fill my life with these things. You know, when I was growing up, the biggest thing that a lot of kids wanted was Nintendo, the uh, Nintendo uh, NA, uh, NES, I guess. It's the little box right? It has a duck gun where you could have a gun to shoot at things and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys remember, right? It was that. And I was praying for God. God, if you give me Nintendo, I'll go to church, (laughs) right? Is your prayer life like that? Well, when we look at our text, our prayer should not be as to that, but our prayer should be as dedicating our lives for God and what he wants for you to do. And that's what we see in verse 10. I want us to think from our passage today that we need to think about rule of God and reign of Jesus in our life and in our prayer lives. Jesus today is providing us in verse 10 that he wants to rule your life as well as reign in your life. To start off, your kingdom come, your will be done. I looked at the ESV student Bible, and I, want, I, I looked at and studied the notes that is found in verse 10. And if you look at those study notes, 
It says this, God's kingdom in this age refers to the reign of Jesus in the hearts and lives of all believers and to reign in the presence of the body of Christ, the church, which is you. Genuine believers will increasingly reflect Christ's love, obey his law, honor him, proclaim the good news of the kingdom. This is the very thing that Jesus wants you to pray in your life. Are you today praying for God's kingdom to come? Are you praying today that, that God's will be done in your life as well as in our church as a body of Christ? There's two points that I would like to make to you this morning. The first point, if you see in, in the sermon notes, is this, that you need to pray for God's kingdom to come. Can you repeat that with me? Pray for God's kingdom to come. There's a problem that I see as a start, that when we try to pray for the God's kingdom to come, we cannot do that. Why? Because we have this idea of my kingdom, right? I want my kingdom rather than someone else's, right? That you want what you want for best. You know because you think you know everything. I know what is best for me. I know how to live my life. Don't tell me how to live, right? A lot of people think that way. That there's a difference between my kingdom versus God's kingdom. That is the problem, initial problem that we have. Why? Because we are sinners. That we cannot do anything on our own except to think about ourselves rather than God. Think about some of the slogans that we have that we see every day in our lives in TV commercials. Think about Burger King. What is the slogan that Burger King uses, guys? Have it your way. Right? Have it your way. You are the best. We want to serve you because you are the king. That's how we think. Right? As a, I don't know how many of you guys work for the customer care service, but what does the owner say to you guys when you train? Customers are king, right? Isn't that true? And then we think that we are the king, right? Whereas God is telling us he is the king. We cannot think about it from our standpoint, but we need to think about it from where God wants and how God's kingdom should be coming. And that's one of the things that God wants us to pay attention to today. We think about our kingdom, but what God wants is that God wants you to think about his kingdom. We think that the world that we live in revolves around us. We are the center of the universe. I think about it that way too in my life, right? I am the center of it all, right? There's nothing that no one can say to me that I'm going to change my mind. But what we see in the scripture today is telling us other things otherwise. I want you guys to think about what happened in Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve, with the story of Adam and Eve. When God first created Adam and Eve, what was his purpose of creating humankind, human being, in the first place? Is it so that they could create their own kingdom and they could call themselves to be kings? No. God created Adam and Eve so that he can be praised and he can be worshipped. Right? What is the first question of Westminster Shorter Catechism? What is the purpose? What is the chief end of men? 
And the answer is, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him for the, for the rest of your life, forever, right? What God intended for you is for you to glorify God and you to enjoy God, and yet we're standing here, we're sitting here today thinking about my kingdom rather than God's kingdom. That is the problem that we have. That is the clear problem that we see. And that's the kind of life that I want our education of our church to focus on. Teaching our teens, teaching our second generation and third generation and fourth generation that who is rising up, that we need to tell them that this kingdom is not for you, but it is for God and it is for Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has bought it with his price, with his blood. And we need to do our job of educating our children and our youth. I want you guys to think about what Pastor John said last week about how we as a church should pray. Our church needs to be what? Kingdom-centered praying. Praying for God's kingdom to come. Now at our present time as well as for the future that we are in the kingdom of God right now as Jesus Christ as king. Because why? Because we say that Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords. And we need to think from that point on that it is not about my agenda, my grocery list, but it is about what God wants for his kingdom. Your wanting and desire comes last. What God wants comes first. And then that you are to pray, pray, frontline praying, praying for the missionaries in and with them, praying for the students that will be going to school in the fall in a couple of weeks, praying that their battlefield is there, that the, church, that, the, that the schools don't want to do anything with the church and the preaching of the gospel. How are we praying for that to, to come across, praying for our students and our, 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 our children's church members as they go back to school? And lastly, we need to pray, prevailing in prayer, that we cannot give up simply because we didn't get answer to the prayer, but we continuously knock and knock and knock until God hears our prayer and answers our prayer. And that's the kind of life that we need to live. Then what is the kingdom of God? And how does kingdom of God look like? The kingdom of God is not thinking about a geographic kingdom, but it's about the people of God that becomes a citizen of this kingdom, that Jesus Christ himself will be king and we are the citizens that you who are sitting here today are citizens of that kingdom that God has established for you. And we need to recognize it. And we need to have that in our mind. For God's kingdom here is now with us. Why? Because Jesus has bought it with a price. And it also is to come in the future. And we need to pray for that. You need to pray that God's kingdom will be here right now in, my, in, in the midst of our individual lives as our church as a whole, but as, at the same time for the future of it as well. Wanting, desiring that God's kingdom to come. Why? Because we want to be in that kingdom. And when we pray that God's kingdom to come today and in the future, one of the things that I want us to take a closer look 
is through what Westminster Shorter Catechism talks about regarding the, the, the second petition that is found in the Lord's Prayer. And it says this, In second petition, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. Have you ever prayed, when, when, when you pray about God's kingdom to come, have you prayed that, God, I, I pray that the, the, the kingdom of Satan will be destroyed? Have you thought about that? I didn't when I was growing up, right? But what we need to pray as a believer is this, that we want God's kingdom to continue on, press on, and we want the Satan's kingdom to what? Be destroyed. For example, how can we pray in that way? We pray for the schools. We pray that, 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 that the schools that who are so fixated on separating the church and, 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 and state, that we'll be able to go and, and, and pray for those people that who are really having a hard time. At the same time, praying for that Satan's kingdom of using drugs and sex and, and multimedia of this world that we live in, that kingdom will come to an end. But the kingdom of God that God desires will be advanced for His glory. And that's the kind of life that we need to live. One of the other things that I read as I was preparing this message is that G.I. Williamson, who is one of the guys who wrote about the catechisms and confession, says this about uh, Lord's Prayer and suggests believers to think about the spiritual kingdom that is at hand, that Jesus himself is Lord, and Jesus himself is established as the king. One of the examples I'll give and move on to my next point is this, that uh, God has opened up a lot of different doors as I was in college. And after I graduated my freshman year in college, God has called me to a mission field out to Kenya, and as you know, Kenya is a far distant country in East Africa. And I had to go through, my team had to go through uh, Amsterdam. And if you go to Amsterdam, it's, it's, it's beautiful there, right? And also, if you, uh, our, as our team went out to explore, because we had a nine-hour uh, uh, layover, we went to see a lot of different things. And one of the things that we saw a lot was there's a beautiful-looking churches everywhere. And we're like saying... You know, one of the jobs that we have to do for our mission trip, we have to build church for Kenyan church. So let's explore how this church is built. So a couple of us went to different churches. And as we went in, we thought that there will be a church. But you know what? All those nice-looking buildings are now turned into museums or coffee house or a lot of different things. Why? Because the church in Europe died a long time ago. And that's the one of the things that I have a fear for fear for here in America as well. Churches today are dying. Large churches are going to be larger. Small churches are going to die. You know, the median age of church today that is surviving, you know what the median age is? It's literally what? About 65 or 70. That's the median age of many churches that who are dying. And God has called us to do His kingdom work pray about his kingdom to come and are we doing that and yes we are and we need to be excited about that 
Second point that I want to draw to your attention this morning is that God wants you to pray for His will to be done. God wants you, his, God wants you to pray for His will to be done. Well, how do you know that? How do you know the will of God and pray for the will of God? Well, you do it through learning and reading from the Scripture. God has given this Bible for you and for you to study it, for you to know it inside out so that you may be able to know the truth and and, and clearly see what is out there. If you look at 2 Timothy 3.16, there's a passage in, in in our bulletin here with us too. It says this, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in the righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped to do his work. Right? God has given the church, God has given the North Shore Community Church his word so that we may know the will of God. Teach and educate the future of this church and future of this nation. Why? Because we want his kingdom, and his will to proceed on. But many people might say, how can we know the will of God as a sinful man? We do it through what Christ has done for his church, the blood that he has shed on the cross for you and for the church and for all of us who are here this morning. Another passage that I want to draw your attention this morning it's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And many of you might know this passage in your hearts. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And this is very important, I believe. Verse 2, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will is. What this passage is saying, what Apostle Paul is telling you this morning, is that you need to be transformed by God's word, not, be com- uh, not, uh, not to be conforming to what this world is saying. If you look at TV shows today, if you looked at the media today, of the things that you will watch and stop for a moment and, and rewind about 15 years back, do you think that the show that is on TV, that they will be able to show it about 15 years ago? No. No. You see the way that this world is getting corrupt. You see the way how this world is going worse to a degree. But we as a, as a children of God, what God has called us to do is what? Not to be conforming to that, but what? To be transformed. Going into those kind of places, be the light and the salt of the ways that God has commanded us to be. Changing the way that people look at this world. And another passage I, I think is really helpful as I was preparing this message was, was Micah 6, 8. How do we know the will of God and how do we go about it? Micah 6, 8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord requires of you. What, what do you think that the Lord requires of you? 
Micah says this, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Are you today living that life that God's will is present in your life? Not only that we see and understand that God has given his will through his word, but we have a problem. We have this consistent battle that that rage war in our hearts, in the hearts of our youth and our children. What is it? It is, again, my will versus God's will. What I want to do and what God wants us to do. You know, um, I, I, time to time, have to feed Enoch, right? And uh, feeding Enoch was fun in the beginning, but as it goes, it's, it's, it's painful, <laughs> right? Because he is stubborn, I think, in my mind. Whenever he doesn't want to be fed the bottle, right, he closes his mouth, he doesn't open. It's like, I try to, like, force it in his mouth, you got to eat it. It's good for you. It's going to help you grow. Right? But as I was preparing this message, you know, I was a sinner. <laughs> I'm a sinner as a father. Right? Why? Because for Enoch, he knows what he wants. He knows what his will is. If he's hungry, he's going to eat. Right? If he poop or if he did a number one or number two, he's going to cry because he wants to be changed, right? I'm not going to go to him and say, even though he didn't, like, I, didn't, I don't see that, that, that blue line, you know, the diapers today has a blue line. If it has a blue line, you change it, right? It, like, even though it doesn't have that blue line, I think, I'm, I'm a father, so I know best, so I'm going to pull my wool upon you, and I'm going to go and change you, you know? I'm not going to waste a diaper, right? Enoch knows what he wants, even though he's young, he's only eight and a half or close to nine months old now, or ten months, right? He knows what he wants. I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm his father. I should know this better. It's ten months. It's going to be ten months. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> sorry, you know. <laughs> right? But let's think from this, guys. He knows what he wants. If he's hungry, he wants to eat. He's going to cry. I cannot force upon him to eat. Why? He will shut his mouth. In the same way, we are like that. We are like that. We want to enforce our will upon other people. And we say, you know, I'm better than you. Why? Because I have more experience. And, and don't we, as a parent, do this at, at the same time to our children who are older, thinking that, you know, I'm a parent. I live a lot longer than you have. I know how to live my life. So you enforce your ways to them as well. I'm sorry if I'm uh, causing more problems or issues, but we need to see that. But what we are to see in our text, what God is bringing forth to us, is that God wants not our will to be imposed on other people, but what God wants is that he wants his word and his preaching of the word to be enforced far more superior than other things. 
2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 31 says this, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the law is flawless. He is a shield for all who take, take refuge in Him. One of the, one of the words that I want you guys to take a close look is this, flawless. That God's word is flawless. It does not have any error to it. Because God knows what is best for you. He wants you to live by it. His way is perfect. Our way is not perfect. We will go through struggles in life. But what we need to do is we need to be mindful of the perfect path that God has drawn for us. I'm a very much um, guilty of this as well, but I want to share this. Gentlemen, if you get lost, what do you do in the road as you drive on the road? You, when you get lost, you're like, I know how to find myself, right? And you drive, and then your wife sitting next to you is like, why don't you ask, right? Have this happened to you before, <laughs> Right? We as a man, we are very proud people, right? We are very proud of ourselves, thinking that we know how to get to places from point A to point B, right? But we're not perfect. But the way that God is giving us a clear direction is perfect. And we just have to follow upon the ways that God has made forth for us. That's what we have. We need to have that in our mind. Lastly, one thing that I, as I was coming, growing up in church, one of the things that uh, one of the elderly lady asked me, as I said, I'm going to go to seminary. One of the things that this elderly lady asked me was this. If you read the Bible, right, uh, how would you sum up the Bible in one word? How would you sum it up? There is a lot of different words that you could think about. Love, faithfulness, right? A lot of things. But one of the words that this elderly lady approached me with was this. Tay, I think if you sum up the Bible in one word, I think God wants obedience from his people. And she said, she thinks that one word that you could probably summarize the whole Bible is obedience. How God wants you to be obey his word. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, wow, it makes sense. It does make sense. God wants us to be obedient in every way and every direction and every form. And that's what God wants. God wills for you to be faithful and to be obedient to the call that he has given you as a church, as an individual. As an individual, God has given you a call to what? To be obedient to the teachings of the word of God, to read it and to apply it daily in your lives. And also be obedient to that call that God has given to you. And one of the things that I, I think we really need to uh, pay attention is this, that we need to see the one that who 
perfectly obey God. And an example that we see from John 6, 38, which states, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but, the, but to do the will of him who has sent me. You know who said that? Jesus himself. Jesus himself said this. And he took every word and every command that God has given to him. Jesus himself was faithful to the call and was obedient to the very word of God. Again, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, my last verse that I'm going to use today. And being found in the appearance as a man, he, referring to Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus was the one that who perfectly obeyed the will of God and died for you and for me and for this church. And we need to take and we need to run with that. God's will for you today is for you to be faithful and to be obedient to his word. God wants our Christian education department, our My High, our children's church, to teach, to go forth from this point on, to, to, to really know how to, to pray for that kingdom to come, the kingdom of God, and pray for the will of God to be shown. And one of the suggestions that I want to make with you this morning and one of the prayers that I want us to pray together is this. Would you join me in prayer as we seek? There, there is going to be trials and error. We're not going to be perfect. But what God has said in, in, in front of us this morning, one thing that is clear is that God wants our Christian education and our church to pray that God's will be done here at the North Shore Community Church. It is not the pastor's will. It is not the deacon's will. It is not the elder's will. But we are continuously seeking for God's will and God's kingdom to come every day of our lives. Not only the North Shore Community Church, but also to the Long Island, to New York, to America, to the ends of the earth, as Jesus commanded us to do. That's the kind of ministry that we should have here at North Shore Community Church, especially for my high and education department. Would you pray with me this morning, making that prayer? God, we want your kingdom and your will, your, your will to be done here at this church. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your greatness. We praise you because you are love. We praise you because you have, son, you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, into us, into our lives. And Lord, as we stand here in your sanctuary, we want to lift up a prayer for our church, 
for our education department, that we want your kingdom to be evident in our lives. And we want your kingdom to come soon as you have established your kingdom in your son Jesus Christ and you have made him king of kings and lord of lords. We eagerly anticipate that event. And we want your will to be done in our education department. And we want your will to be done in our lives individually as a, and as a church this morning. May you fill us and may you give us this new hope that we find in your son Jesus Christ. We thank you and we pray in the name that is above all name. In Jesus' name we come. Amen.